Hello and welcome back to the Nostalgia FC podcast with me, Drew Hollins-Roberts. And myself, George Thomas. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of football history and obscure footballing players. Yeah, so each week we will get on a new guest who will give us their favourite 11 from football, including their super sub manager kit and stadium. Yeah, and this week's guest is none other than musician Immy Middy, otherwise known as Immy Quilter. You may recognise that surname. It is, in fact, the younger sister of our first guest and part-time host, Owen Quilter. So if that's <laughs> anything to go by, we could have ourselves uh, quite an obscure episode here. Very we'll interesting, yeah. But it is, in fact, our first female guest, which is uh, something we're trying to branch out into. So there we yeah, go. Fantastic. Yeah, it's always good to get a different perspective of the beautiful game. Yeah, definitely. So without further ado, this is Nostalgia FC, and this is Immy Quilter. All right, Immy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I've actually been like dead excited to get on it. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, including who you support? So I support West Ham. I've got a soft soft spot for Southend and also Real Batiste. Oh, why is that? I just, right, so I really, really like Real Batiste's colours. And when I was a kid and I used to love um, Ronaldinho and Barcelona, Real Batiste battered Barcelona. So I was instantly like, well, Real Batiste is the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also obviously support Wales. Good yeah. choice. You can stay on the podcast. <laughs> And I'll get it out of the way now. Belgium, Wales, Euro 2016. Thank you. Tick, box, yep. done. Yeah, there you go. go. Lovely. Yeah, it's, bingo. It's, in the, it's in the contract, bingo. isn't it? I have to mention it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> your, your brother started this, so it's only fair that you carry it on. Let's get straight down to business. That's about to start singing me land there. Hell, I won't. What is your formation, Amy? It is four, two, three, one. Nice. That three is more of a free roll sort of attacking midfielder rather than being like strictly there. Yeah, yeah. So no set positions of free roaming. Love that. <laughs> yeah. So as usual, we're uh, we, we always start at the back with the goalkeeper. So Amy, do you want to give us your keeper? Yeah, I've decided not to choose my brother. <laughs> he is very good. Yeah, but the goalkeeper I've chosen is even better. Um, World Cup winner, Golden Glove winner, gold medalist. It's Hope Solo. Oh, yes. USA legend. Yeah, 202 appearances, 102 clean sheets. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah, you can't argue with that. It's a hell of a record. She's one of them sort of iconic players, and I think a lot of it, and I don't mean to sound naive here, but a lot of it is probably down to a surname. Great surname. Yeah, well, H Solo, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) But honestly, she was the first goalkeeper that I saw playing a game, and I went, oh, my God, goalkeepers can change a game. Yeah, she's definitely 100%. Yeah. Yeah, they can get they can get you the 3 points in. Yeah, she just was incredible. I think it was a World Cup final against Japan. Um the USA lost, but she she stopped that beat from being a 1-0. She that could have been so much more if she wasn't in goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and then where they do definitely get overlooked, especially in good teams, which obviously the USA women's team dominated for years and still do for the most part. The goalkeeper sort of gets overlooked in teams like that because the scorelines are usually so heavily in favour of the team they're playing for. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but yeah, fantastic goalkeeper. And although I know in the Christmas episode we had we had a couple of women, but this is our first 
actual sports person woman. Yeah. <laughs> I've worded that so poorly, <laughs> but I know what I mean. It's okay. We all, we, we get what you mean. Yeah. It's yeah. the first professional sports woman. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's not, you know, Cindy Lou. <laughs> hey, don't you, monster, no. Do not badmouth Cindy Lou. Hope Solo's career as well. Highlights another great thing about American sports, the team names. We've got some absolutely mental team names that Hope Solo has played for. So in college, the Washington Huskies. She's played for the Philadelphia Charge, Atlanta Beat, Magic Jack, and Seattle Rain. Great name. Magic Jack. Magic Jack. Magic. That sounds like a drug dealer or something. It's not even got a capital letter in it. Nope. It was an American professional soccer club based in Boca Raton in Florida. There you go. Hmm. Wow. So let's move forward. You can choose where you want to go, right back, left back, centre back, wherever we're you gonna, want to go. We're going to start on the right-hand side and move to the left, just because my left-hand defence is a little bit mad and I want to build up to it. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm excited. <laughs> so, because I live in Leeds, I had to choose a Leeds legend, and it's Lucas Rodebe as my right back. Yes. So I have did a little bit of research, and Lucas Rodebe has been shot three times. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jeez. Um. He's played 250 games for Leeds and he loved Leeds that much that he turned down going to uh, AC Milan and Roma to stay in Leeds. Yes. Love wow. that. Yeah. Also, Sir Alex Ferguson thought he was the best right back ever. There you go. That's If that's not a good indictment on your playing career, then I don't know what is. Yeah. The only bad <laughs> thing about him is that he influenced the Kaiser Chiefs. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I'm, the Kaiser Chiefs haven't been good for a while, Drew. Come on. <laughs> they had their day. They had their day. As in Bay and Leeds United, as in the band or the team. Sorry, the, the, the band because they oh. Leeds signed him from the Kaiser Chiefs of the team. Oh, okay. That's why the Kaiser Chiefs are called the Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, there you go. Well, I never that, knew that. That is a startling revelation on this podcast. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that's amazing. Well, going back to Alex Ferguson said he's the best right back he's ever seen. Gary Neville is somewhere crying. Oh yeah. <laughs> The direct quote is, everybody should be interested in Lucas. Great choice. He's one of them players, a sort of like iconic player, where, like you said, he's very, very good. But a lot of people probably remember him for just being like a big personality on the pitch. Yeah, I think everybody remembers him for being the best player in the worst team. Yeah. It's like a Jimmy Bullard kind of character where he's like a larger-than-life character, but he's actually very, very good at football. And that sort of goes under the radar because everyone's sort of looking at how much fun they have on the pitch. Yeah. Which is nice. Apparently. Apparently, a quote from Nelson Mandela about him. Uh, this is my hero. There we wow. go. Like, that's <laughs> that's some praise, isn't it? I don't think you can say much else about that, to be honest. And I that's think... why he's the captain. He's not <laughs> going to be the captain. I've got, I've got a captain in mind. Actual Nelson Mandela is on your team. <laughs> it is going to get weird, but not that weird. Moving across, where are so we going? My centre-back is a Wrexham legend, just for George. It's Dennis Lawrence. Dennis Lawrence. Lawrence. Go on. I wanted my centre halves to be big, beefy boys, and you don't get bigger than six foot eight, really, do you? <laughs> you really don't, do you? He was quite spindly, though. I wouldn't describe him as beefy. He was quite a like a Peter Crouch-looking guy, and he wasn't very big. Yeah, but you see that six foot eight frame standing in front of you. It's still intimidated. Yeah, that's true. I'll give you that. I remember always starting a football manager career with uh, Wrexham on. I can't. It was one of the older ones. He was always the first name on my team sheet because he was he was a legend on that game. Yeah, um, 
I remember the World Cup 2006 sticker book. He had a little Welsh flag next to his name and instantly fell in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good enough reason of any. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't realise he was six eight though. That's mad. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I remember yeah. actually seeing him. Right, yeah, I so think he stopped. I think he stopped. I have a very distinct memory of Dennis Lawrence, and it all all things circle back to real eventually on this podcast or Wrexham. And uh, I went to watch Wrexham versus Real at the race course. I think it ended up being four one in the end, and uh, Dennis Lawrence was playing. And in Real, people that size are quite rare, and. Literally, I've never seen a man stick out more on a football pitch than Dennis Lawrence. I remember there was a corner, and then literally there's about four people marking Dennis Lawrence because he was so massive. I mean, I, you could you could mark him all you want, but if the ball's like high enough in the air, <laughs> you got to put the floodlight in front of him to mark him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this. He he moved on to management after he finished his playing career. And managed Trinidad and Tobago for a couple of years. Hmm. Can you imagine if you were the opposing manager? And you just stood on the sideline, you look across, and there's a six foot eight bloke next to you. That handshake's a bit awkward, isn't it? Especially if you're <laughs> under six foot. Yeah. Just poking him in the knee. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Dennis. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I could just see, like, barking orders to the team, and you turn and you see this giant man, and you're like, no, ignore that. Let him win. <laughs> to do what he says, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, so far, very serviceable team. It's looking good. Okay, my next centre-half is The Undertaker. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, it's the first sportsman that's not a footballer to be on the podcast. Yeah, can oh. we clarify? I'm assuming it's the wrestler and not it's just the a wrestler, random Undertaker. The Undertaker. <laughs> I wanted him to be big, beefy boys. The Undertaker's six foot ten, and he's technically dead, so like you can't hurt him. His character is dead, just for yeah. anyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a break, this isn't breaking news. The Undertaker is very much I'm alive. Not pick, I'm not Mark Calloway Mark. is actually alive, but I'm not picking mean Mark Callis. I'm picking the Undertaker. Yeah. Okay. Wow. State your case. Why are you picking the Undertaker at centre back? Because he's six foot ten and he's dead. You yeah, can't hurt him. He's, we've he's not seen him kick a ball ever. He's an we? unstoppable monster, though. <laughs> all you need, all he needs to do is get in the way of the striker. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then I suppose. You'd think you're going to get a free header, and then all the lights go out, and you hear dong, and, and he just, just appears behind you. Header. Yeah. Summons a lightning bolt and sets the opposing striker on fire. <laughs> Does that probably, mean probably a yellow? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if he would, let's just say, for example, there's a bit of a rotation in this squad, and then Undertaker's on the bench, and then he manager calls him over, is like, all right, Undertaker, go on, mate. So then steps on the pitch, and then all the lights go out, and then all the corner flags get struck by lightning. Fire comes up and then just appears in the middle of the pitch. And also, that would be a spectacle. <laughs> yes, I can't disagree with that. That would be very much a spectacle. When the team walk out as well, it would be so slow and so drawn out. <laughs> Druids either side of them. If, the... if, if no one watched wrestling as a kid, this is going to be so like bizarre to anyone listening. But Oh, uh... I know. And I can't wait for people to be really confused. <laughs> search, search it on Google and be like, what? <laughs> if you just joined the podcast and wondering what they're talking about yes this is a football podcast don't worry <laughs> you're not in the wrong place <laughs> Undertaker and Dennis Lawrence that is like you said two big beefy boys ready to go into battle I think that's the tallest centre-back pairing we've had it's got to be isn't it I don't know if there's a bit of pace in there oh, you don't hope Solo pace. can't see behind like past them <laughs> 
Okay, left back. Left back doesn't get any more normal. I think this is the first computer animated character ever. It's Waluigi. <laughs> and I actually have a good case for this. Okay. Uh, that's a In hit. the game, Super Mario Strikers, Waluigi okay. is the only character to have balanced attack, speed and defense, making him the perfect left back. I forgot there was a video, uh, like soccer video game for for Mario. Yeah, and Great he's characterized too. as somebody who tries really hard to find new ways to make an opponent have a hard time. <laughs> I like that. That is and, for left back. Yeah, and his celebration is the de- is the crotch chop. So you know, <laughs> when Waluigi whips one in and scores, that's just going to trigger. <laughs> that's going to trigger the Undertaker thinking DX are coming in. <laughs> Another wrestling reference. Sorry, fans. Right, so... This this episode is derailing quickly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we forewarned of the intro. Yeah, this, yeah this, is a, this is a member of the Quilter family. Things are going to get weird. Quilter. Yeah. So, I'm not apologising. Waluigi no, as well... absolutely don't. No, no. Waluigi as well, as I remember, is also the tallest, isn't he? Of all the, the Mario yeah. characters. Yeah, he is. He's the tallest of the, uh, of the family, I guess. Yeah. When I look at Waluigi, all I can think of is Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They're both big purple men. <laughs> so I've just searched, seeing as you said that about Waluigi, I just searched his height because, you know, he's seven foot seven. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> right, well. Like, that... <laughs> in my head, like all, all the Mario characters in comparison to everything around them, are small. And I thought Waluigi was just normal height, whereas everyone else was short. But no, he's 7.7. Seven. So if you look at your back four in a line from left to right, it looks like <laughs> they're going down on a scale. <laughs> That's mad. What a happy accident. <laughs> that is an outrageous defence. I thought when we had Kieran a few weeks ago, and he put himself a fat Scottish bloke and a referee in in centre-back that we wouldn't get much weirder than that. Yet here we are. We've topped it. Lucas Rodebe, Dennis Lawrence, The Undertaker and Waluigi. And it's all because I didn't do much sport as a kid. So like (laughs) my references are drawn from somewhere else. (laughs) I I like it. Got a lot of love for that. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Okay. for for, For fear of where we're going next, let's go into the midfield. Okay, my centre, first centre defensive mid is somebody that I've actually played football with. Nice. Um, very close friend of mine. Used to be the bass player in the band I was in. It's Martin Pearson, or Martin Fight Me Then Pearson. I'm sensing there's a story behind that name. Um, he used to play hockey and he used to start fights with every single member of the opposing team. Nice. And he brought that uh, into football with him. Yeah, he's a hard tackler and a sledger. He does not shut up. He's constantly insulting the people he's marking. I once uh, witnessed him call somebody a one pube wonder. <laughs> yeah, it is good to have like an absolute shit talker on your team. Like, you know, like an Andy Robertson or a, a Roy Keane or I'm trying to think of others, but you, that you will absolutely to... just morally take down the other team. Yeah, you need somebody there to get the best player sent off by getting him angry. Yeah, it's a strong or, tactic. If that doesn't work, injure them. Yeah, I mean... Two I mean, goals. the lightning from The Undertaker is probably going to do that more. But... <laughs> As the role of a CDM goes, 
being a shit house, putting yourself about, and generally just breaking up the play, whether it be fighting or with verbal abuse, is, is exactly what you will need from a CDM. Yeah. yeah. Lee yeah. Cat- what, it's, he's the Welsh Lee Catamol. There you go. <laughs> what a quote that is. I don't, I don't know I, you, um, Martin Fight Me Pearson, but that should go on your Twitter bio. I'm going to advertise his um, podcast as well. He's the creator of Dragon Sport Media. So. Nice. Dragon Sport Media. Go give that a listen if anyone... Shouts anyone. out. Shouts yeah. out. Um, can I make a request as well? Yeah. Instead of having Pearson on the back of his shirt, can he just have in quotation marks, fight me then? Of course. I, of course. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from him. <laughs> I mean, the the other the other players have got weird things on the back, like Undertaker and Waluigi. So may as well. Yeah. Waluigi, of course, has his number upside down. Of course. Yep. <laughs> Dear me. Right, who's partnering? Martin, fight with them, Pearson and CDM. It's um, the unsung hero of Alex Ferguson's Manchester United, Park Ji Sung. Yes. Now, that is not a player that I thought would be repeated. Second appearance Mm. in the pod, old Parchy son. First appearance in the first team. Yes. It's because of his freakish endurance. Yeah, mad, isn't it? Yeah, that man runs around and makes every team he plays with look good, even QPR. That QPR team he was in was terrible, but he made them look a million pounds. Yeah, he's very good. I think, he, like you said, like we've spoken about him before, and it just happens to be in his name as well, but he is the unsung hero of, of many teams that he's played for. Yeah. Nobody ever notices him, but he puts in so much work. Yeah. He is he's, an absolute, he's an absolute cult hero at United as well. Like, even though he wasn't, you know, your Ronaldo or your Rooney or whatever like that, he absolutely, there was no fan that disliked that man. No, you can't. He's like, um, watching him in the World Cup in 2002, that when career got really, really far in it, Je- Jesus, he was unstoppable yeah, on the ball. He's, he's just one of them, he's got an endless motor, like you said. And I think his style of play and his role in the team is so overlooked. He's like, he's just the facilitator on the team. He's there so other people can do their job well. So yeah. what he does doesn't show up on the stat sheets at the end of the game. It doesn't, all the time it goes unnoticed because it's the nitty gritty. It's the bit that a lot of players don't want to do. He does that. I think that's... Yeah, that's why I've got him next to Martin because Martin's going to be doing all the fighting and <laughs> Park's going to be doing all the work. Yeah. He's one of those players as well. You know, like in a 90-minute game, you're going to be walking some some of the time on the pitch, especially if the ball's on the other side. He's not. He's still running back and forth even though the ball's nowhere near him or anything like that. He just will never, ever stop. And that's why he's just the best. Yeah. 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 Love I'll argue with that. For, and as a Liverpool fan, obviously... I am fine-tuned at hating United players, <laughs> many of them. But Park Ji-sung is one of those players where any team, any team's fans can respect him for what he does because any team would be lucky to have someone like that. Yeah, I mean, really? Liverpool with James Milner have only really just got one. James, love him. Got, what a god. James. James Milner. <laughs> the other side of Liverpool, James is on, mate. <laughs> this is the good James. Who's there first? <laughs> right. Before we get bogged down in the hammers of Merseyside, <laughs> let's go to your, as you've already described, free-flowing attacking midfield area. Okay, so... Lesbian Jesus, Megan Rapinoe. <laughs> Lesbian <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just going to write that down. 
So where is she, is she on the left, the right, the middle, <laughs> or does it not matter? It doesn't really matter, but she'd be going on the right more. She'd be on the wing using her pace a bit more, I think. Okay. Right, go on, give us a reason. Why is Megan Rapinoe in your team? Um, Ballon d'Or winner, gold medalist, two World Cup wins, league on winner, told Donald Trump to go fuck himself, donated loads of money to the Kaepernick Fund, all-round good person, great footballer as well. Purple hair. Purple hair, lesbian Jesus Hot or not. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get it in there somewhere. Yeah, that, yeah. as a CV, or a resume, she's American, goes... That is up there with the best. Yeah. yeah. Terrific football she's player. I think that's overlooked because of all of the outspokenness in the media and stuff like that, which is great. Obviously, she, like you said, she sticks up for a lot of amazing cause, causes. She's a big, big advocate for the women's game all over the world. She had a lot to I was going to say, she's a, she's, she's a big voice in that women's game, isn't she? Yeah, like yeah. She's, she's one of the faces of it. Yeah. Sometimes she gets a bit of stick for what she says. She did recently say something about Manchester United women's team. And then uh, Casey Stoney and Tobin Heath came back and was like, well, shut up. But yeah, wasn't it about that they, it was bad that they'd only just set yeah. up their women's team or something? Because it's only been in the past few years, isn't it? Yeah. And then the manager, Casey Stoney, and best player, Tobin Heath, came out and said, yo, Megan, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you would you wouldn't you wouldn't want to get in a uh, in an argument or a fight with uh, Megan anyway. No, she's pretty uh, pretty Solid. intense. To be honest with you, and to all the listeners, I'm not very well versed in the, the women's game. I'm trying to get better. I've um, shouts out again to my favourite Stadio. They've helped me increase my knowledge a lot because I didn't have much knowledge before. But Megan Rapinoe is one of those where you don't have to know much about the women's game to know that she's a terrific football player. That World Cup a few years ago was the first time I'd watched any like extended period of women's football without having to sort of stumbled across it. I actually watched it. And she is such a good player. Like she just gets mm-hmm. between the lines. She does again, sort of like Party Song in a way that she does like she does the showy stuff, but she also does the nitty-gritty stuff that a lot of players don't want to do. Yeah, and because she's an attacking player as well, I think she stands out a bit more and gets the just like praise as well. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. She's um she's also played for Magic Jack. Everyone so wants to go. go everybody wants to go to Boca Raton in Florida. Also, she's played for Philadelphia Independence, which is a great name. <laughs> American yeah. sports teams have the best names ever. Yeah, it's like they can't just have United or Athletic or FC afterwards. It has to be like how how amazing can we make this? I remember years ago I played a game called Total Manager, uh, and I played a game as the San Jose Earthquakes, and that's yes. a cool name. Yeah, name. Yeah, it's something we've delved into on many of the podcasts so far. But there are some amazing football names out there. And I don't think we've stumbled across the best one yet. Eventually we'll get there, I'm sure. But some of them are just absolutely outrageous. Yeah, they are. There's also, like, uh, I can't remember which one it is. I want to say it's Seattle Sounders. Based their whole colour scheme and kit around Xbox, because that was their sponsor. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Seattle. I think it is as well, because Seattle playing that horrible mint green. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dear me. Okay, moving on from Lesbian Jesus, Megan Rapinoe. Great name, great, uh, great name. To Australian Jesus, Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill. Oh. So Is my he... notes actually go, that goal, Ballon d'Or nominee. That goal. That goal, great head for a little man. That goal, appeared in four World Cups. That goal. 
<laughs> and the goal, I'm assuming, is the one in the World Cup. Against the Netherlands, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Again, this is a this is a tough one for me. As Everton. it is an Everton legend. Well, I'm a West Ham fan and he's a Millwall legend too. Uh, yeah, so. okay. All right, respect. All right, we'll let you off, Tim. But no, yeah, he, like I said, great head for a, bit, for a little man. Great quote. He um, <laughs> really is like, he used to score so many headed goals. Unbelievable considering this, his stature on the pitch. I think he was recorded doing a six foot vertical leap. That's crazy. Yes. What? <laughs> That's so like he could salmon. clear Dennis Lawrence in a leap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame he's not marking him. It's on the same team, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's for when we go up against Kane. Yeah, there you go. I think Tim Cahill, like, obviously, he's moved on to punditry now. He just seems like a nice fella. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Mm. He, he, he seems like somebody who knows what knows what's going on and knows his, like, knows knows his way around not only, like, sport, but how to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think there are lots of people that just don't know how to talk about stuff. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they sort of just get... Pl- plunged in there because they have a career in football and then you realise actually this person's A, not very interesting and B, hasn't paid attention the whole time they've been playing the game. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> I was going to say Michael Owen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think with Tim Cahill, that, and let's just go back to that goal. So good. So, oh. so good. I, I watched that as well. I like it's, it, it's always more special when you've seen a goal live when it yeah. happens because that, that was the World Cup which... I didn't watch every single game, but I tried to watch every single game. I tried to sit down, even if it was two sort of teams that aren't going to get anywhere. I tried to sit down and watch it. And I remember that goal went in and the whole, I I swear like 70% of the crowd were Australian as well. It seemed like it anyway. It was either that or the crowd that were there as neutrals were just going insane as well. But the stadium like absolutely exploded with passion and everything like that. And I think even he was a bit like, how did I just do that? I remember as soon as that goal hit the back of the net, my dad went, what the fuck? (laughs) But like really loud. And my mum went, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's what sticks out in my head of it. Not any of the, because the goal was spectacular, but I've never heard my dad have a reaction that wasn't like to a goal like that. But it was so measured. And so, unmeasured at the same time <laughs> perfect storm Tim Cahill interesting fact about Tim Cahill he could have played for the Republic of Ireland he actually received a call up in 2002 and the manager at the time was Mick McCarthy and he called him and said do you want to come and play for us and he said no I you thought you were going to do the accent then no. <laughs> <laughs> who Mick McCarthy or Tim Cahill <laughs> Mick McCarthy <laughs> Hey, old lads, you want to come play for Republic of Ireland? <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. You weren't expecting that now, were you? Tone up the misery a little bit. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was it, yeah. Hey, old lad. <laughs> play for Republic of Ireland. That's Mick McCarthy. There you go. <laughs> he has actually just been sacked uh, from his current job. <laughs> Mick uh, McCarthy. Get him on the podcast. Ten weeks. Get one. Oh, he'd be a great guest, wouldn't he? He would be a great guest. <laughs> But yeah, Tim Cahill has Irish grandparents and could have played for Republic of Ireland. What that's, a different career that might have been. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, like that's the other side of the world from where he was born. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, you could move. <laughs> no, I know, but just like... 
Ross Barkley could have played for Jamaica if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rinse. That's, me <laughs> that's George has gone off the Zoom call now. Bye, George. Sorry, we're just going to quickly explain the, the concept of travel to George and then we'll be back. <laughs> Wait, planes can fly? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> right. Lesbian Jesus, Australian Jesus, what form of Jesus have we got on the left? Uh, Brazilian Jesus. Nice. Not, pa- not Pele. Marta. Marta, yes. Pele in a skirt. That's a, <laughs> that's a direct quote from Pele, so, you know, that's oh, a big phrase. Yeah, that is a big phrase. Brazilian legend, like you said. Yeah. Scored more goals in World Cups than any other player. Yeah. Seven, with 17, which is bananas. That is crazy. I've got her stats in front of me. In club competition, 265 appearances, 172 goals. Jeez. Whew. Yeah, she's just too good. She's been doing it for a long time as well. A long time she's been doing it. She's one of them where, again, you don't have to know much about the women's game to know about Marta. Oh, I would suggest anyway. But yeah, she's just one of them players that's just like enigmatic with that Brazilian team. Yeah, I think if you say women's football, that her or Alex Morgan are going to be the first two names that are said. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd I was wondering if she, she was going to be a striker. I won't, I won't ruin it, but I was wondering that. <laughs> well, she um, won, but... she oh, okay, it, fair enough. But then she, changed. but then she moved to Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were saying about a club career, but in the national career, you said about the uh, World Cup goals. She scored 108 goals in 154 games. Jesus. For a national side, that's insane. Not just a national side, the national side in Brazil. The national side, like, that's yeah. Amazing. Unbelievable. Never won the player, World Cup. No, six-time player of the year. Five of them were year after year. That's crazy. That's just dominance. That's sort of Messi-Ronaldo vibes, isn't it? That's yeah. Messi-Ronaldo vibes if Messi, the other one wasn't there, if that makes sense. Or they yeah. melded Doing together. It on your own. Yeah. That, that's Pele in his prime to our vibes. Yeah. Pele in a skirt. There yeah. you go. I wonder if she invents as many goals as Pele does. Well, <laughs> she's probably scored as many, maybe more. Yeah. yeah well, if you, if you ask Pele, he scored over a thousand goals because he's including friendlies that he played for Santos. He's also, in, he's also <laughs> including when he was a kid, probably. Yeah. Literally, it's like he goes down the park, right? Notch that down. That's one, two, three. He's playing heads and Vs and he's like, got a header, got a he's volley. Got like, <laughs> It's like the oh, film Memento. He's just got a tally mark of every goal he's ever scored <laughs> tattooed on him. Yeah, he's run, bit, run out of canvas after a while. A bit of a weird one for Pele, that, because after Ronaldo and Messi both scored their 800-something goal the past couple of weeks, Pele literally changed his Instagram bio to include the number of goals he'd scored, which wasn't there before. He just changed it. He was like, yeah, I've actually scored a 1,000, so yeah, you haven't caught me yet. <laughs> nice one, Pele. Cheers, mate. Yeah. And because Marta's still playing, she's going to be doing that soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah. She's only 34. For some reason, I thought she was older than that. So did I. I Because she's played in five World Cups, but she started at 19. That's crazy. Yeah. 34 is right. I don't know. Like, in in the men's game, you sort of see people coming to the end of their career, like mid-30s. Some go on a little bit later. Is that the same in women's, or is it sort of... The women's game, uh, the average retirement age, I think, is... 43. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah, that's incredible. So they go they go for longer then. Because yeah. 40, 43, you'd be in, in the men's game, you'd be looking at, oh my God, he's really carried on. 
But if that's the average retirement age, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of um, the men's game is renowned for being sex, drugs and rock and roll. So the, maybe some of the male players aren't looking after themselves as much as they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is why and we've spoken about it before. When the amount Ronaldo looks after himself and the how disciplined he is, that's why he's been at the top of the game for so long. Yeah, yeah, and he could probably continue into his mid forties. Yeah, definitely. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. But I think with something that's overlooked in the women's game as well, I think this is mad respect to all women football players and women everywhere. But a lot of women sacrifice having families to play a football career so long, or they have children during their careers and then go back to play football, which is incredible. Like the physical strain it puts on someone's body to have a baby. Obviously, I don't know, but so I've heard. <laughs> like to do that, have the child, raise the child, and then go back to playing professional sport at peak level. Yeah, because you'd have to you'd have to get yourself back into peak fit- yeah, fitness as well before. Unbelievable! You got like massive respect for them to do that. Yeah. Like that's why I think the women's game is like infinitely harder than the men's game because you've got so many obstacles I involved. That so many. Um, physios in the men's game and now um, started off as physios in the women's game because yeah, yeah. They, know how, they know how to get them back and into shape quicker yeah yeah, yeah. mad respect to you women <laughs> but yeah Marta unbelievable choice speed dribbling getting around players banging them in what a player I'm glad you've chosen players that I know in the women's game i appreciate that thank you <laughs> and uh so we've got your attacking three i'm gonna move on to your striker which i assumed and wrongly assumed was going to be alex morgan it was alex but it's morgan. not and then it was my substitute but recently after going on instagram i've seen this lady and i have to choose it it's mara gomez uh, uh, there we go. I don't know who that is. Neither of you ever heard of. She's the no. first transgender footballer to start in a national side. Amazing. Oh, wow. Who does she play for? Argentina. Nice. That's amazing. Yes. She got called up after her team got thumped 7 1, but she was like incredible. It could have been 7 7 because that's how good she was in it. That's really breaking down boundaries of the game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. With me being transgender, I feel like I had to include a transgender player, and I was on Google for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Where does she play? Yeah, what position? Because like it... she's a striker. Is she? Well, yeah, I'd hope she... so. You put her up front. So if yeah. she's not, oh, well, I was yeah, going to put John Spector up front, and he's a right back. Oh god, John Spector. <laughs> there you go. So, but yeah, Mara Gomez is just incredible. Um, especially with such discourse being around transgender people in sport at the minute, uh, yeah. I feel like it's important that we prove that we aren't that trans women aren't um, like performance enhancing drugs, and that we are equal to cis women that play sport. And it's the same with trans men. Trans men are equal to cis men that play sport. There's a another Argentinian trans player called Marcus Rojo, not that one. who is a trans man who plays in Argentina as well amazing Um, and he's a striker and he's apparently unstoppable he's got so much speed oh really amazing good up hey good on Argentina for helping the trans community back to football amazing stuff it's it it's such a nice thing to see though and like breaking uh, breaking those barriers down in in sport because there's so many if we, if we put it put it bluntly, there's so many dickheads in sport that don't believe that uh, like trans women or men should be playing for 
whatever whatever gender sort of thing. So it is incredible to see that Argentina are breaking down those barriers and just yeah, yeah see, calling her the up. Podcast basically. started off weird with the Undertaker, but now it's got very wholesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love it. Yeah, you us Yeah, definitely. No, it brings up a very interesting point. Like, obviously, you have a very unique viewpoint on the game of football. Hmm. And I think it's amazing that you have a platform to discuss it with us now. And I think it's something like, obviously, in Argentina, that's been very progressive, which is amazing. It shouldn't even be called progressive. It should just be normal. And I hope it should, shouldn't it? Yeah, comes into the... it's at that point where... Yeah. It's weird that it's 2021. It's almost seen as taboo to talk sport. about or anything like that. It, it, yeah, it's weird that it's 2021 and it's a woman playing sport is all of a sudden breaking down boundaries just because yeah. she wasn't born a woman. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's crazy. But yeah, and hopefully it, it comes back, it comes into Europe and it comes back into the game like it should be. It shouldn't even be a, a topic of conversation. I, and I appreciate we can talk about it now and it's great that we can, but it'd be great to come to a point where it doesn't even prop up as a thing in conversation. It's just she plays here. Yeah, it's there. not. It's. Uh, a new thing that's just happened that it's just a thing yeah yeah well thanks for bringing that up in me that's that's really cool no mm. problem love that so maria go oh, sorry mara gomez yeah. mara go mara come to europe bring the game with you honestly <laughs> sign for west ham ladies i will pay for that transfer <laughs> did you did you say who she plays for club level i have no idea I know very little about the woman other than the fact that she's the first transgender person to play for the national side what, but that's historic and I, I love that really good yeah. hmm. my, my notes is that one sentence <laughs> that's all you need because then that took us into this took us down this alley and it's, it's great that we had the chance to talk yeah, about and it hopefully it gets it gets people looking her up as well and sort of learning yeah. about her story as well yeah. yeah less ignorance in the game of football is what we need so it's a beautiful mm. game it's a beautiful game for everyone so yeah, sort it out need... everyone Let's make it as inclusive as possible yeah, we need beautiful personalities for a beautiful game. Bingo. God, I hate myself. What a quote. I was gonna say, what a quote I, that I, is. I love the quote, but Amy, we grew up with you, and that is, I never thought I'd hear you say that. Yeah, like yeah. I said, I'm happy now. <laughs> you remember me when I was a horrible little goth. I'm, I'm different. <laughs> okay. Mara Gomez, fantastic choice. Hmm. Super sub. Okay, I'm going to read out his quotes and you can tell me if you know who it is. We didn't want to win because we play for the fans and the fans were horrible tonight. Football's not coming home and neither is your dad. (laughs) John Hartson has tattoos of Welsh language and he speaks Welsh, but no one is more Welsh than I am. And finally, I like Kieran Dyer. He's like Nigel Rio Coker, but he can play football. I'll be completely honest. I've no idea. It's Craig Bellamy. Craig Bellamy. Oh my God. The king of Welsh shithousery. <laughs> oh, jeez. I love Craig Bellamy. Love him. He played for Liverpool twice. Played for West Ham. There you go. He's played for Celtic, Man City, Newcastle. Cardiff. Cardiff. Great player. Quite the polarising character. Yeah, because he says shit like that. Yeah. There you go. I'm not going to lie, he is the Welsh player as well that I hate the most. He's played for Liverpool. Wash your mouth out. City. He's played for Cardiff. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that now. Yeah, but he did put Buffon on his arse, so... Yeah, he did, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, he did score the winner in the 2-1 against Italy, so we'll let him off. Yeah, it's fair enough. He's, he's, um, uh, like, don't get me wrong, fantastic player and m- biggest shithouse ever. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's why he's in the team. If I'm down one goal, 
Mario Gomez comes off and Craig Bellamy comes on just to give everybody a hard time. Him and Martin just giving everyone a hard time. <laughs> I mean, the one story that always popped up into my head with Craig Bellamy was uh, when he was at Liverpool the first time. And it was a team that had Torres. It had Gerard Carragher, John Arisa. I've mentioned John Arisa for a reason. So <laughs> there was a story where Craig Bellamy allegedly hit John Arisa in the head with a golf club on a I team this. on a team outing to golf to play golf. Sorry, and Craig. I don't know what happened, but Craig Bellamy got a bit heated and decided that he would go for Risa with a golf club. Okay, so before this is before we we're playing Barcelona in the Champions League, and <laughs> there's a lot of talk in the press. And Rafa Benitez was quick to quell it and be like, "Nah, nah, nah, don't nothing's going on. Don't worry, we're just uh, nothing happened. We're all good." And then come game time at the Camp Nou, Barcelona go 1-0 up. Liverpool are playing in this disgusting white and green kit. You might remember it. It's, it's awful. I had it, but it's awful. And first goal scored, John Arisa. Who goes to celebrate with him? Craig Bellamy. They're hugging it out. No problem. Second goal scored. Cross in. Craig Bellamy scores. Craig Bellamy, not content with quashing the rumours of a golf club incident, runs to the corner and picks up a fake golf club and does a golf swing into the corner. And then you can... Because he's the it. king of being a shithouse. He loves it. He loves it. Even his own manager was trying to be like, right, Craig, let's just leave it. No one mentioned the golf thing. And Craig's like, yeah, 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 no problem. Scores a goal. Golf club. Were they were they playing golf? Yes, yeah, yeah. They were on like a... I was going to say, or did Craig Bellamy just go, right, reach into his bag for a golf club and just... I bring, I bring this around just in case. <laughs> My favourite Craig Bellamy story is when he was at West Ham um, for Christmas, they did Secret Santa and he got Dean Ashton. So we got Dean Ashton a year's supply of leg braces. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> savage. Absolutely savage. Thing. <laughs> I don't know, but he was like, I think he, he he was friends with somebody who ran a sportswear company and he was like, here you go, here's a year's supply of knee braces. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think he was short on cash to buy those leg braces, was he? Yeah. No. Yeah, oh, he's like you said, just the ultimate shit house. He loved it as well. He knew that was what he was, and he bought into it so well that if you're bringing him off the bench when you've got a tired team, having just had to deal with Marta, Tim Cahill, and Megan Rapinoe, and obviously Mara Gomez, and then the defenders are trying to get past Dennis Lawrence and the Undertaker, you bring you bring Craig Bellamy on, and he is just going to cause havoc across the whole pitch. He's not content with annoying the defenders. He'll run back and annoy your strikers. Oh yeah, he'll sit in the middle of the pitch and call you, call your centre back, call your centre midfielder an arse. <laughs> I feel like him and Martin Pearson would be uh, great mates. Oh, honestly, I cannot wait to see this game of football. Right, that team, and I do not mean to offend you in any way here, Nimi, is absolutely mental. <laughs> That's what I was aiming for. You achieved that. Well done. I mean, it's it's the defence that really makes it mental. <laughs> yeah. I started off strong, didn't I? The, the further forward we go, it becomes a little bit more, you know, in fact, it becomes very respectable. Um, that defence is, <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> right, we'll take a break, collect our thoughts and get ready for the madness that is sure to come with the next three things to choose. See you in a minute. <laughs> 
Right, so we've had your starting 11 and super sub. We are going to move on now to... Um, let's go with manager. Who's managing this team, Emmy? So, because I had in loads of Americans, I was going to go for Brian Arena, who's the most successful manager in MLS history. Yeah. But it has to be Gary Speed. Oh. I'm going to tear up here. Yeah. It just Gary. has to be Gary Speed. I don't need to say anything other than he was the man that started the Welsh Revolution. Yeah. In football. And it's so sad that he can't see it. It is. It is. One of the biggest travesties, and obviously, football out of it. Obviously, to, to lose his life so young is is a horrible thing. And he had obviously the family and his wife, but like, like you said, he started what is now a very successful Wales team, and, and has been consistently so for the past sort of seven or eight years. Especially considering where we came from in two thousand and two, when we were losing to San Marino. Yeah, I think Gary Speed brought in. It's something they talk about heavily in, in American, oh, I carry on the American theme, American sports, especially in basketball. They talk about the culture. They want to change the culture. They want to have a winning culture. They want to have this kind of culture. And Gary Speed brought that into the Wales team. He brought like the togetherness that you see if you watch the Wales games with the squad being so close-knit, despite the fact they often play for rival teams. They're all so close-knit and they're all such good mates because of what Gary Speed brought in there. And obviously the tactical side of it as well. He changed the way Wales played. We weren't so reliant on the four four two anymore. Uh, he bought he bought in players like um, he he brought players to the forefront like Bale and Ramsey. Yeah, made Ramsey he, captain. He made them the focal yeah. points of the team because he knew that they were the ones playing at the highest level. Yeah, yeah. I think he was the first to sort of introduce that golden generation of Welsh footballers, where before we were heavily reliant on the likes of Gabadon, James Collins, Dave Edwards, like the older guards which the golden generation now are because we're so far removed from that. But yeah, an incredible man, incredible player. And then to go on to be an incredible manager. It's he as well. He, cause we, as three can say it, like before him watching Wales international was just like, you just watch it. You wouldn't expect much from it. And you'd go home happy no matter what happens. When he came into it, he gave like Welsh fans hope and belief and sort of, okay, we can actually do something here. And obviously he passed away tragically and Chris Coleman took over and we actually did get somewhere. And yeah. that run in the Euros, a lot of it, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking away from Chris Coleman here, but a lot of it has, it goes down to Gary Speed. Because like you say, he brought this new sort of uh, light into Welsh football and things like that. Well, he blazed He's such... Yeah, he blazed the trail that others could follow on from him. Yeah. He sort of planted the roots that the other managers have now got the fruit from. Just throwing all my metaphors at you. But <laughs> he, what he did is so underestimated, and not just for the sport of football in Wales, the sort of resurgence of Welsh national pride. It never went away, but it sort of quietened down a little bit, I think. And I think yeah. Gary Speed sort of bringing that passion back into the Welsh football team just went hand in hand with the movements in Wales now. So yeah. And one one of the greatest um one of the greatest things about the Welsh with the Welsh side at the moment is it's, like, it's almost like a brotherhood at the moment, isn't it? In the fact that they're they're all so close in that squad. I'm not saying like other teams aren't, but it just seems more so in that Welsh squad. And I think that's another thing that he brought into it. Yeah, he um, continued what John Tossack did when he was bringing in the young players to um be taught by the old guard. And yeah. now he's now um, Chris Coleman did that and I think that with Gary Neville Gary Neville Gary Speed doing it 
after um, John Tostock, he's sort of made it a tradition in Welsh football to have yeah. a teacher-student relationship in the team. Yeah, I think that show, that shows a lot now with the players coming through in the Welsh team, like Neko Williams, Connor Roberts, the Harry Wilson. You know that they're learning from potentially some of the most skillful Welsh players that have ever been. Yeah, since Ian Rush, probably. Yeah, and that's just something that is prevalent now in the Welsh squad and shows with the results they get. Yeah, we're not silly little farmers anymore. We are certainly not. Yeah, we're do, we're doing we're doing things. We um we've mentioned this documentary on the uh, podcast before, but you know the Don't Take Me Home uh, podcast. I think the first ten minutes of that goes into what Gary Speed did for Welsh yeah. football, which is it's very emotional first ten minutes because it also goes into uh, his passing and things like that. But that's a really good watch. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That, Definitely that is. is Welsh culture. Yeah, it is right there. Right. Before we get bogged down, not bogged down, obviously we can talk about this all day and and I would gladly do so, but the podcast must continue. Yes. So we're going to leave Kit till last (laughs) because I'm sensing something special. We did have a Twitter interaction the other day where I'm assuming you were searching for your kit and you stumbled across something outrageous, but we'll go into that in a second. Yeah. Before we do that, we're going to talk about the stadium. Okay. (laughs) I'm stretching the definition of the word stadium here. Oh dear. It's Pentramile Park. Yes. <laughs> I was just there this morning. Like, so I didn't play in any sports team when I was a kid. So my like my stadium, the t- the pl- place where I played football was Pentramile Park. Yeah. That is fo- that's the home of football to me. Yeah. That could be like Upton Park or the race course, but I feel like that's just too obvious. It's Pentramile Park. <laughs> No, I love that. I love that as well. Like all these players rocking up to a little park in North Wales, Abergelly, near the sea. Undertaker sort of walks onto the pitch um, and they're just playing in Pentramile Park. So, yeah, just to clarify, the Pentramile Park is the largest open air park in Conway. There you go. That's the county we all live in. Um, or, I mean, it doesn't, but we do. We all grew up in. There you go. And uh, it is a park, obviously, Pentramile Park, in the great, the great town of Abergelly. The capital and, of North Wales. <laughs> and I want to clarify here. Are you playing on the grass pitch or are we playing on in the, the cages? cages? On, in the cages on the little concrete. I don't think we could fit 22 players in those little cages. So I we're playing in the grass pitch. Dennis Lawrence would keep hitting his head off the basketball hoop so we couldn't play. Oh, <laughs> Dennis Lawrence and The Undertaker in that tiny little cage. And then Waluigi as well. <laughs> God, yeah, Waluigi's seven foot seven. <laughs> Yeah, right. So on the grass pitch, but yeah, that's that's a lovely thing, you know. That is something that um, we've had a lot on this podcast where you'd maybe anticipate a big stadium or like a home ground, but to have something that means a lot to you is is something that I think is amazing. Yeah, I feel like lots of people like like me who haven't who didn't really weren't really competitive, but liked playing like playing and going outside and doing stuff can relate to it more than this big expensive stadium that's got eagles in the roof and it's yeah. cost a mil- it cost a million pounds just to put in the, the little physio room no just just a nice grass pitch which is yeah. it is it, isn't it because it's like it reminds it it takes you back to like childhood like it would be a saturday we'd go we'd go down to pentramile park we'd just get a ball and we'd either play uh, a game of heads and volleys or just have a few shots at owen and goal or whatever like that it's just it does take you back, and every everyone's got that um, those memories of like where they used to play football, and that was ours. Yeah, it's so absolutely, perfect... it's it's what football is to you, isn't it? Yeah, it's never going to be a perfect pitch, but 
it's my pitch. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the only thing that matters. It's yeah. a lovely little quote, that. That's lovely. Right, here we go. Prepare yourselves. Right. So, Before you say it, I will be disappointed if they're not in long trench coats and big, you know, Undertaker-type hats. If they were all dressed or, as the Or if they're, if they're not in dungarees like Waluigi. <laughs> so... The shirt is going to be this football shirt, but the, instead of having shorts, they're going to be in dungarees. <laughs> okay, go on. What's the? What's and they're the all kit? going to be wearing cowboy hats. <laughs> the kit is not the night. Is not the South End kit that I had on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. It's not the uh, cowboy slash football shirt that I also put on Twitter. It is 1990 Sunderland goalkeeper shirt. Okay. Uh, right. It's the yellow one. It's absolutely disgusting and i love it <laughs> i like how you admit that it's disgusting yeah right it's hideous would you would you think it would go well with a pair of dungarees oh absolutely <laughs> i don't yeah. really care like the worse the fashion is the better it looks like a jump it looks like a christmas jumper <laughs> it does doesn't it <laughs> it's the best thing ever honestly i hate sunderland like the football team <laughs> Strong. I hate them. I hate them so much because they're just. Why were they in the Premier League for so long? They weren't. They weren't good. But Jesus Christ, that is the greatest shirt I've ever seen. Ah, uh, yeah. It's the worst one I've ever seen. I. I don't even think. Like I say, it looks like a jumper. Nineties goalkeeper kits were a wild time, and I lived for them. Like, yeah. You know. You know <laughs> that true. I love. I love a Hawaiian shirt, and I think that's the Hawaiian shirt of football. Yeah. 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 It. It looks almost like. Um... Like a colorblind test. <laughs> to me, it looks really thick. Like it looks like it could have been made yeah. of custard. That's how <laughs> thick it is. So, just to clarify, we're going to put the Undertaker in, in a the brightest thing ever, made yeah. of custard with dungarees on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that is. Uh, uh, <laughs> is that the shittest shit that's been on this? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, can... you know what you've done here, don't you? I've opened the doors for my brother. Yeah, he's going to buy that now. You've, you've yeah. done that. Oh, pl- no, I want that to happen. I want that to happen. I want him to wear it when we're playing our next six or I want him to wear we it can. when he's walking down the aisle. Oh, in Stagdu, <laughs> sorted. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're, well, all, we're all there in, at his wedding in suits and he's just wearing it. He no, walks no. down in this Sunderland goalkeeper top. You're all wearing the black version. He's wearing the yellow version. <laughs> I think we're... Already on thin ice with uh, Owen's fiance after we wound up about his suit choices. So I just want to go on record and say, Becky, I didn't say anything. Owen's going to wear a very nice suit. Thank you. Yeah, it's red velvet. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amy, let's wrap this up. Your formation was a 4-2-3-1. Your goalkeeper was legendary USA goalkeeper Hope Solo. At right back, Lucas Radebe. Your centre-backs were Dennis Lawrence and The Undertaker. And your left-back was 7'7", Waluigi. Yes, then we move into midfield. And your two holding midfielders are Martin Fight Me Then Pearson alongside the workhorse that is Park G. Sung. We move on to your attacking three in that midfield. And we've got on the right-hand side, we've got the lesbian Jesus that is Megan Rapinoe. We've got the Australian Jesus, which is Tim Cahill, and the Brazilian Jesus in a skirt, which is Marta. And then up front, you have the first transgender player to represent a national side in Mara Gomez. Big up, Mara. 
And then uh, your super sub position, you have the ultimate shithouse, Craig Bellamy. <laughs> yeah, so the manager of your team is Welsh legend Gary Speed. The stadium is not quite a stadium. It is a park, but it is Pentramile Park in Abergelly, close to all of our hearts. And the kit is arguably the worst kit we've had chosen on this uh, podcast so far. It is the 1990s Sunderland goalkeeper kit. And if you've not seen it, please give it a search. Yeah, so all that remains, and it's an eclectic mix of players, video game characters, wrestlers, is to name it. It's got to be Intergender Milan. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, yeah, thank you very much it. for coming on the podcast, Amy. No problem. Thank you. So you thought Owen Quilter's team was mad. You were not ready for Amy Quilter. We did. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, we did warn in our, in our intro that she's, she's a quilter. It might be a little bit out there. I don't even think we were expecting that, though. No, no. <laughs> when we said the the, the uh, when we decided on the concept for the podcast, we said, "Oh yeah, you can include players you played with on FIFA." Never did we anticipate that it would be players you played with on Supercharged Strikers, the Mario game. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy, though, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, going from the start, I thought we started off pretty well. Hope Solo, legendary yeah. goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Thought, oh, we're starting off interesting here. Our first female professional football player picked by our first female guest. And then, bang, straight in, Lucas Radaby. I mean, he's a very good player as far as I remember. but not I don't really remember him if I'm not that honest, but yeah. I like I like the fact that the quote from Nelson Mandela, I can't remember what it is, I haven't got it on my phone anymore, but um like this is my hero or something. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's interesting. <laughs> Straight out of prison, Nelson's like, yeah, get someone get me a Radaby shirt quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Dennis Lawrence, not obviously not the best centre back ever, but close to my heart. Uh, and an absolute giant of a man. Huge man. Yeah. And you thought that would be the tallest person in that defence. And then you get next up, The Undertaker. Yeah, a fictional dead person from the professional wrestling world. Uh, I, I mean, I really enjoyed the idea of him just popping up behind people and their like, cross comes what, in. What, the lights in the stadium going out? <laughs> the cross comes in, then dong. Oh, what what game was it where the lights in the stadium did actually go out and people like overlaid it on uh, on Twitter <laughs> with, with the, uh, the gong from... Uh, the Undertaker's music. The only thing I didn't say during the podcast about the Undertaker, and I'm going to say it now, is we'll allow him to be in there on the basis that all of the games are commentated on by the classic WWE commentators. Uh, Jim Ross. Yeah. If I, yeah, and, I've got that right. Jerry the King Lawler. That's who we want. <laughs> and Taz. That's what we want. Steel chairs, the lot. Well, after you had a wrestler at centre-back, you might have thought, oh, this defence is maybe going to more actual footballer kind of way nope Waluigi <laughs> seven foot seven fictional video game character Waluigi from the Mario world <laughs> what <laughs> he's not even if anyone, if anyone doesn't know who Waluigi is as well because there might be people who know about Mario and Luigi but not about all the all the rest of them Waluigi yep. is the evil version of Luigi yeah and by evil they've gone 
huge and gangly. Yeah. <laughs> with a really weird <laughs> moustache. And he wears the L upside down, doesn't he? Yeah. There you go. Nice one, Waluigi. <laughs> Moving into the midfield. The two central defensive midfielders, obviously we don't know much about Martin fighting behind Pearson, but as Imi described, he has a tendency to get a bit of a scrap on the football pitch. And we'll say his nickname people. sort of gives that away, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but the partner he's got, Parchi Sung. We've spoken Incredible. about him before I, on the podcast, but yeah, great player. I could talk about Park for days. I really could. And like I say, he's he's like a cult hero at United. He's not he's not your Ronaldo. He's not your your Rooney. He's not your Cantonars. But everyone loves him. Yeah, everyone absolutely loves him because he puts in a shift for you. And that's I will say something I always love in a football player is someone who never gives up. Yeah. He never found himself in these situations much. But if you're like three nil, four nil down, he'll still give you his all. Like absolutely. Yeah. I love to very, see that. very rare in the modern game players like that. So, part with Dying Breed, good job on you, mm. Park. Now, the, the three Jesuses in the tackle did <laughs> some great players there. Megan Rapinoe, very outspoken personality, but a great player to back it. So, she walks the walk and she talks the talk. She's an excellent football player. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, like Drew said earlier about him, I also don't know a whole lot about women's football. Uh, Megan Rapinoe is absolutely one of the first names that would come to my head if you asked me about players from there. Um, I think she's a she's a character. She's an absolute. She's such a good player as well. I think it's one of those things where because she's so outspoken in the media, people just overlook the fact that she's actually a terrific football player. Like you don't yeah. want a Ballon d'Or if you're not an amazing football player. Well, people, she's people can say what they like, and I know there'll be people listening to this going, "Oh, well, it's just a women's game." Nonsense. The women's game is a great game it's not like potentially you might think it used to be probably wasn't even back then people just assume that because it's women they're not as good at football bollocks they're great at football it is growing in popularity as well isn't it it absolutely is yeah so uh, which is nice to see it's just football there's no difference it's just football yeah it's just gender it's just different gender yeah it's great they're great football um, yeah you were you were saying that people people know her for like maybe her outspoken views and things like that but she became such a uh, a big character within football that she managed to get that platform to be able to um, present her views and things like that. So, like, obviously, that's that shows that she's an absolutely fantastic. Yeah, player. absolutely. Anyone that uses their platform to promote positivity and make change 100%. in the world is all right in my book. Well, we saw we saw Amy doing it on here as well. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. So Tim Cahill again, Everton legend. Not not, not a big fan of that, but I can <laughs> respect the player. I respect yep. the man. Great player for Millwall. I remember him in that FA Cup run 2004 when they eventually lost to United in the final. But I remember watching yep. that thinking, for one, at that age, I hadn't really heard of Millwall that much. And then just some random Australian bloke, and he's only little, and he keeps banging in headers. I'm like, who is this guy? And yeah. then I just continued and- for his whole career. Just an amazing <laughs> header of the ball. And his celebration of uh, punching the corner flag about yeah. 30 times. <laughs> Loves it. Many a corner flag have suffered at the hands of Tim Cahill. Which probably, you know, goes hand in hand with, you know, playing for Millwall. Yeah, there you go. That's where he learned it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to point out, George said that, Millwall fans. I didn't say anything. Please don't come for me. All right. God. <laughs> I'm moving down south soon as well. <laughs> so, left attacking midfielder, Marta. Probably, to my knowledge, probably the best female football player of all time. And up, uh, up there with the best four players of all time. Let's just say that. Yeah. Unbelievable. You'd, str- you'd struggle to to find anyone else, wouldn't you? But um, 
possibly in today's game, Alex Morgan is up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But she, uh, from what I know, she seems to have trailed off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think she's just come, she's just coming back from having a baby, Alex Morgan. So I think it's hard. Oh, to, is she? Hard to judge her current form on the current. Yeah, yeah. Situation she's in. That, global that, pandemic. Such a baby. mad difference within that sport, isn't it? That. Like like you said earlier, you can go away, have a baby, come back, and obviously your form could have that your form could be affected by that because you're trying to get back into fitness, things like that. So yeah, mm. absolutely. But yeah, Marta, if you haven't, if you don't know much about Marta or the women's game, Marta is a great place to start because it shows you how good women are at football. This woman is unbelievable what she does with the football. It's like a wizard. Yeah. It's like the ball is stuck to her foot. Unbelievable football player. We've we've spoken uh, before on the podcast about searching certain players' highlights and watching them. Go and watch Martyrs. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Right, moving on to the striking. Now, this was a, an amazing thing that Amy spoke about here. Mm. Mar- Mara Gomez being the first transgender athlete to represent the national side in football. So she is representing the women's Argentinian football team. Great yeah, story. No, absolutely. Hats off, hats off to her and hats off to Argentina as well. Yeah, exactly. And like we said with Imi, like we call it progressive, but it shouldn't be progressive. It's just be normal. So yeah, good on you, Argentina. Good on you, Mara Gomez. More power to you. Absolutely. Every success in your career. But yeah, we don't know much about Mara. Neither did Imi, to be fair. But just the story itself is worthy of a place in that team, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. It's something obviously close to Imi's heart as well. So. Yeah, it was really great to have an, a unique insight into the world of football through a transgender person's eyes. It's just. Amazing yeah. that we, we could do that. So shout out to Imi for, for letting us have Ron and do that. And right. then the substitute, <laughs> after <laughs> so, saying all that. As, as nice um, the story was for the striker, <laughs> Super Sub takes it way downhill. From from what I got as well, he's, don't get me wrong, he's a great player, but it's mainly for a shithousery. Oh, yeah. Um, it's Craig Bellamy. And it's <laughs> One of not the thing- my favourite player ever. No. But- One of the things with Craig Bellamy and... It is quite rare, I think. Like we said, he's a, he's a king of shit He loves it. He loves talking to people. He loves getting people's grill. But he's one of the few players that does that and then backs it up afterwards. Yeah, he scores goals. He always did. Maybe not the most prolific goal scorer, but he always popped up with an important goals. I always remember that about him. He he was reliable. I would say, like if you're in a big game, he was the kind of player that relished a big game. Some players shy yeah. away from it. You can't show me a big game that Craig Bellamy played in where he didn't give 110% and he wasn't going to the last minute. Played for a long time as well, didn't he? If I'm remembering that rightly. Yeah, yeah. He's one of them players that's sort of like a bit of an enigma, really. Like he he was sort of Balotelli before Balotelli existed in that he always caused trouble wherever he went in the dressing room, but he had talent. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, there you go. The Welsh Balotelli. Or is or is Balotelli the Italian Craig Bellamy? <laughs> and uh, moving to manager, had a bit of a lump in my throat when you when you were talking about him as well. But absolute legend of yeah. uh, Welsh football, Gary Speed. Yeah, yeah. Not enough, not enough can be said about the effect that Gary Speed had on the Welsh football team and the people of Wales as a whole. Just a, a general. Made such a difference to a lot of people, and I think Gary Speed is um, a legend you... in his own right in the football world. And then to do what he's done since, and even like posthumously, just great guy. And he's. I was going to say, if you hit, if you hear other Welsh football players or uh, people on the Welsh coaching staff talk about him, 
they talked so highly of him as yeah. well. He was yeah. obviously such a good character and such a nice man. So, yeah. Yeah. Rest Just in peace. Speed and his family. So, yeah, before we move on to the, um, the cosmetic side of the team, <laughs> best player, worst player? Um, <laughs> right, let's start with best player because that's easier, even though it's still quite difficult. Marta. I'm going to say Marta. Yeah. 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 I don't think it comes close, actually. I think there are a lot of good players. No, there, no, but... I was I was looking through it all and then I was like, no, actually, because Tim Cahill was a good player. Nowhere near. No. Um, Megan uh, Rapinoe, obviously fantastic player, but still, I think Marta's one of the best, yeah. best players. Oh, yeah. Marta, hands down, no question for me. A terrific football player and just icon. Yeah. Now, worst player. This is where it gets a little bit more difficult because so, usually we don't pick people who haven't played football. Now there's two in there that have definitely never, or one that while Luigi plays in the game, played football. And there's one we've never seen play football and just know that he fights people. So, but I see those two, but I can't get past the Undertaker. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I appreciate the reason how he's in the team, but for pure footballing ability, Undertaker, bottom of the list. We've seen Waluigi bang them in top bins on supercharged strikers. Yeah. I'm sure I'm just... Martin scored a goal or two in his time. Yeah. The Undertaker, I think you put a football in front of him, he doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> just pokes it, prods like... it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, think, I think I've got to agree with you. Um like growing up as a kid and watching wrestling, Undertaker is so good to watch, and he's a fantastic, yeah. like uh, I say, athlete and entertainer. He's not a football player, no. And he's not got the build for a football player not at all. And I'll, I'll um, say, I'll say this quickly, but in fear that the lights will turn off behind me and I'm going to get choke slammed through the bed. <laughs> he is the worst player in this team, hands down. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, like you say, Waluigi, we've seen score goals in that yeah. video game, so it's got to be it's got yeah. to be Undertaker. The stadium, or pitch, we'll just call it the pitch, or the location. Pensamara Park, obviously a lot of people that listen to this podcast won't know what that is, but it's just your local park. Just take away the name. It's just your local park where you went with your friends when you were a kid to play football. That's what it needs when, to be. Yeah, either when school was out or on a Saturday or Sunday when, when it was the weekend and you could do whatever you wanted. You'd just go to the park with your mates with a football and the football would be ratty and it would be falling apart, but you didn't care. Yeah, um, I love that. I really do love that. That is as grassroots as it comes, literally. Yeah. So yeah, great choice on that one. And then... And then... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Excuse, um, me I go, excuse me while I go and throw up at the thought of this kit. Yeah. And even I, I know uh, she she said that there will be dungarees over the top of it. I think she said that yeah. to please me. But even if there wasn't, this kit is awful. Absolutely <laughs> shocking, shocking. And she she's admitted like we're, the, the, like you you heard it. She admitted that it's awful, and that's why she's chosen it. It's not like I was just slating it, but no, Jesus Christ! Please give it a search. Get it in the bin. <laughs> Get it in the bin. <laughs> Search it just so you can delete your search history. That's what you need to do. <laughs> right. Well, a great team name as well. Yeah, it's very nice. Very nice play on words. But yeah, what a great team. So yeah, there, there we are. Another another week, another podcast. Our first female guest in Emmy Quilter. 
she does have uh, some music which she has been releasing. You can find it on Spotify under the name Immy Midi, spelt I double M I space M I D I, Immy Midi. And also, uh, if you go onto YouTube, she posts a lot of stuff on there uh, under the name Immy Midi again. But yeah, check her out. She's uh, up and coming. She's releasing tunes, making her way through the, the pop world. Many different genres she's released over the over a time releasing music. But yeah, she <laughs> completely self-made, does it all herself, produces the music, does the singing, the instruments. Very talented young lady. Very, very talented woman. Yeah. Right then. As always, we will point you in the direction of our socials. And now we have some new socials. Yeah. Um, so again, all the same, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all under the handle uh, Nostalgia FC Pod. But now... We are also on TikTok. Yeah, get down uh, with the kids. To get down with the kids. We're not doing TikTok dances. We're not doing uh, lip syncing or anything like that. We're just putting the clips from the show on there, hoping to get a bit of an audience from there. But if you fancy looking at the clips, which you're probably seeing on Instagram and Twitter, please go give us a follow and a like on there. Yeah. It'll be greatly appreciated. Yeah, and remember, you can find this podcast wherever... Well, you're currently listening to it, so you found it somehow. But <laughs> if the... <laughs> If the podcast provider that you're currently listening to us on has the ability to rate and review, please do so. We've written up quite a few nice ratings and a natural nice review, which is great if uh, you guys could help us along with that. It really does help grow the podcast, so please continue with that. So there we have it. Another week, another podcast, all the socials <laughs> that we could shake a stick at. Is there any left? My, <laughs> can we go back to MySpace, Bebo? Anything else? Oh, Bebo. Let's get back on Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> So playing us out today, we're going to have Why Don't We Play It Cool by Amy Middy, her latest single. Remember to go and check her out on Spotify, YouTube. Yeah, show her some love. Yeah, help her grow the brand. This has been Nostalgia FC, and that was Intergender Milan, delivered by Amy Middy. And what a team it was. What a team it was.
Yeah, so uh, so moving forward into the midfield, your two holding midfielders are fart, farting. <laughs> Sorry, Martin. Don't get right. mad. No, it's Don't all right. That'll George be, down. That'll be edited out. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, he's going to fight you now. Your formation was a 4-3. No, it wasn't. All right, Amit, let's wrap this up. <laughs> right. <clears throat> One last go. All right, Amit. All right, Amit. Are we wrapping it up? Yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Wrap it up. Wrapping it up. All right. Done.